I'm Jen. I'm Jack. And you're listening to The Devil Made Me Review It. We're just a couple of best friends who love scary movies. Especially when those movies are based on true events. Listen along as we dive into our favorite films, the classics we all love, and really, whatever we want. We'll tell you all about the paranormal claims made by the real-life subjects and debate whether or not it actually happened. It probably didn't happen. I knew you were going to say that. Listen, if you haven't seen whatever we're covering, pause and come back after watching because spoilers abound. That's right. Sit back and enjoy. The Devil Made Me Review It. Okay, here we go. How's it going? Great, great. Today today we've got Lisa on Yay. our episode from Ghost Butts, and we are going to talk about Mothman. She's going to bring the Mothman facts, and Jack and I are going to talk about the Mothman prophecies. Well, Lisa is too, but but she did research on the actual <laughs> like lore. Mm-hmm. Facts or fiction, as Jack would say. Jack would be like, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. That You all know what I'm here for. <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump into Mothman prophecies, starting Richard Gere. Okay. Um, so Washington Post columnist John Klein, played by Richard Gere, and his wife Mary, Deborah Messing. This is very, this came out in 2002. It is very 2002. Yes. Um, so it starts off with them. They're driving. Uh, Mary swerves to avoid what appears to be a black figure with red eyes that hits the car. It's Mothman. And they crash. Um, John strives the crash unscathed, but Mary's hospitalized and they find that she has a tumor. Um, so <laughs> what is that for? I know it's Arnold, but I can't remember what movie it is. Isn't it, um, isn't it Kindergarten Cop? Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the kid. The kid's like, the kid's like, it's probably a tumor, and he's like, it's not a tumor. <laughs> oh man, I do Arnold voice all the time because Ozzy does it. <laughs> we just like talk in Arnold. I love it. <laughs> um, so Mary dies from the tumor, uh, and John discovers like these drawings that she had of. Of the Mothman. So two years later, John is uh, driving and he becomes lost from West Virginia and he finds himself in Point Pleasant, which is like hundreds of miles off of his route. Uh, He's driving in the middle of the night, car breaks down and he goes to a house and the person there reacts really violently and he's like, you're coming to my house again at two o'clock every morning at two o'clock. So that's when he meets the local cop, Laura Linney, who is wonderful. (laughs) Uh, and that's where we find out that the whole town keeps seeing this mothman and then it goes from there so this movie was entirely too long first of all entirely (laughs) too long i forgot you hated it they easily cut 45 minutes out of this movie (laughs) and it still would have would have covered everything they needed to cover it's trying to do a lot cinematically there's a lot of different kind of camera work there's a lot of different kind of like strange shots. It's 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 busy. Was it a popular movie at the time? Yeah. Like, did it blow up? Did it do well? I don't remember. I remember seeing it, but I don't remember if it I was like a big it, hit. Because for two Doing freaking well. hours, <laughs> you know, yeah, that was a haters. long ass movie. Haters. Two and a half. Two and a half hours. Yeah, that was difficult. Also, it, I think the entire forty-two million dollar budget went to that. 
uh, <laughs> uh, bridge collapse scene. That that seemed to be that Which was is a like good scene. Crazy. That was probably the better scene out of everything. It yeah. got mixed reviews. It got mixed reviews. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, here's mixed reviews here because <laughs> Jen really liked it. <laughs> I liked it. Listen, I liked it for what it was. It's not good, but I liked it. It's fun. It is fun. It's just way too freaking long. <laughs> it's very, very long. It was long. I love the uh, at the when when they have the car accident. One of my favorite. You know how I've talked about this on this show that when you hear a noise, you go hello, right? Because you think whatever uh-huh. it is is going to answer you. <laughs> I love when there's an accident and someone goes nine one one. There's been an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard says that he calls. I don't know that anyone has ever called nine one one and go hello nine one one. Poor Deborah Messing, she just like dies so suddenly, and I hate that last mm-hmm. scene with her when she's like, "I feel like I ruined everything," and I think he waits a little bit too long to tell her that she didn't. Yeah, <laughs> they did it's not have. Bit... They didn't have a great uh, relationship. No, chem- no chemistry. There. He moved on real quick and was like real into Laura Linney. That I was another thing I wrote was like, along with his close talking, I was like, stop being so horny for Laura Linney. It has only been a year since your wife died. (laughs) (laughs) Relax. I feel it was two, right? Oh, was it two? Whatever. I mean, not not that people people can be on their own timelines, but I I was just like, knock it off. Get out of here, sir. Yeah, I'm not here for romance. I'm here for cryptids. Yeah. I know. Especially with shit's going down in Point Pleasant. Yeah. And you want to get romantic? Right. Right. I I mean, he jumps in and literally saves her from the collapsing bridge. Which, I mean, mean, come on. Like, suddenly we're to believe that Richard Gere is some action star. (laughs) He's jumping off of a bridge and doesn't immediately die upon impact. He is able to hold his breath for, like, five minutes to pull her Um, out of the car. And then also she's in that police car. And that gate that separates the back of the police car comes off real easy. (laughs) I don't think think those are supposed to come off that easily. This old thing? (laughs) That was so silly. I was like, he is not jumping in that water. I had forgotten that that happened. Oh, gosh. That was an interesting choice. I paused the movie and came back to it. So part of the reason that I probably like it is that I did not watch it all in one go. Ah, okay. So I didn't feel feel the repercussions of the length of the film. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. There were repercussions. (laughs) I started, like, cleaning. What? What? (laughs) There's a movie going on. Why am I washing dishes? (laughs) You're like, yeah, I hear you, Richard. I know. Another another TV and and movie trope that I love is um is like good lady cop right like uh, a mm-hmm. Francis McDormand and Fargo or Sonia Son oh, and yeah. The Wire you know like we have all these great lady detectives Kate Winslet now in Mare of Easttown right there's all these uh, oh I haven't seen that oh it's it's fantastic is it depressing isn't it about dead kids that's why I had to stop watching Broadchurch you don't like I love oh, Broadchurch yeah. oh man that was a great show. I love David Tennant, but I don't like like pedophiles and dead children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I Google things. Tennant was great in that show. Olivia Coleman. There's another one. That's another good lady cop. She's the oh yeah good lady cop in Broadchurch. Um, yeah. What a strange movie. Lisa, do you want to tell us a little bit about? Uh, yes. 
Yes. Okay. So during 13 months from 1966 to 1967, over 100 sightings of a red-eyed bird-like man terrorized the West Virginia and Ohio area. According to some early sightings, Mothman did not seem to have a head, but eyes set near the tops of its shoulders, kind of like it had no neck. Um, some witnesses recalled large... <laughs> I just, big Ed. I, I just, forgot the Big Ed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah big Ed. <laughs> exactly. Big Ed with, with bigger legs and wings. Big Ed cryptid. <laughs> uh, with his little short arms. He's so gross. Some, yeah. Someone please Photoshop that into existence for us. <laughs> big we need Ed a Photoshopper. And, yeah, we do. We need a Photoshopper. Uh, if anyone can uh, yeah. volunteer their skills, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Only for silly things. The devil made me review it at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so um, some witnesses are called large wings without feathers, while others said the wings had small patches of feathers, and still others say that the wings were more leathery, similar to a bat. All accounts claimed that the creature they saw had huge, circular, glowing red eyes. Um, so it was said to be around seven to nine feet tall with a wingspan of 10 feet. Mothman shuffled on a human-like legs and made a strange high-pitched squeaking noise. Okay, so I literally just pictured Big Ed with wings. <laughs> Which is not like just similar yeah. to his character on the show. <laughs> Screaming or crying. I, oh, God. <laughs> the entity could take off straight up into the air without moving its wings. It flew as though gliding without flapping. So at this time in the 60s, there were, there were not only sightings of the Mothman in that area, but there were also a bunch of UFO sightings in the area, as well as encounters with mysterious men in black. Cue the music. <laughs> so Mothman witnesses were also harassed by the men in black, who wanted them to keep quiet about any UFO or Mothman sightings around the area. The strange sightings all seemed to culminate in the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15th in 1967. So some sightings on November 1st, 1966, a large bird-like man was spotted by a National Guardsman at the armory near the McClintock Wildlife Management Area. Its body was brown, and it looked like a nine-foot man with a wingspan of approximately 10 feet. Um, a lot of people debate on whether or not this was the first one or another sighting that happened. It was with four guys digging a grave, and um, they saw this man with big wings flying over them. But some people say that's fake because it was in Ohio, and um, and everyone and like, from Ohio is a liar, and everybody. Knows As that. I was just thinking, yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, never no, no, trust no. Ohioans. Was it Ohio or Virginia? My bad, guys. I don't Either know. way, yeah, because <laughs> and they say because they have it in their actual like registry, like on their website, like this is the first Mouthman sighting, but it didn't come out until way later, and they just kind of think like, oh no, they're trying to gain on the fame because yeah. obviously. Point Pleasant right now has like a huge festival every year mm-hmm. that, um, you know, to go with Bothman. So they kind of think like, oh, it, they're just trying to get famous. On Wednesday, November 2nd, 1966, at about 7.30 p.m., Woodrow or Woody Derenberger was returning home from Marietta, Ohio, when he had a strange experience. He was driving on Route 77 in Parkersburg, West Virginia, claimed that he saw a finding, flying metallic lantern-shaped craft. Like, it was narrow on top and bulbous toward the bottom. Wait, aliens? Yeah. So, the ship traveled right by his truck and blocked the roadway ahead and gradually made him slow down to a stop on the side of the road. A man stepped out, smiling very broadly, almost creepily. He asked Woodrow to roll down the window and told him he would like to speak with him. He told him, quote-unquote, don't be frightened. We mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. He asked Woodrow what he was called and told him, I am called cold. 
The strange part of this, that it was all said telepathically. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Brain talk. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's funny because it's like, well, why did they have him roll down the window? His explanation was because, <laughs> yeah, his explanation was because it was raining that day and he wanted to see him clearly. So I don't know. So Darren Berger, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you guys, this is all in an interview with Woody's experience. Next day, he went directly to the reporter and was like, hey, this happened. And there's like a, a full ass interview oh. <laughs> online. Oh, yeah, that yeah, is pretty funny. But they also said this guy was pretty legit. Like he wasn't kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. Like those ufo people he was just some random guy that was like hey this is really weird and i really want to tell it a little more integrity you know what i so i read the book by um john keel and some of these things in his book it sounded like this guy was a little off his rocker like a little <laughs> bit he claimed to have been like taken into the spaceship and like all kinds of stuff later was he probed i don't know man <laughs> hopefully weren't they all <laughs> So Darren Berger later reported this event to the police. He claimed that Cold was dressed and kind of a little off with material he wore was a little like space-like, like metallic-y. Uh, he also walked towards Woody with his hands tucked under his armpits. <laughs> yeah. Like Molly Shannon and Superstar? Yep. Mm-hmm. What's her? Mary Catherine? Is that her name? Yeah. Mary Catherine Gallagher. Yeah. And then he was smiling too with his hands up. He's like, hey, <laughs> you want to, <laughs> you, you know. So like I said, he talked to a reporter right after this. On the same night, a man said he and a coworker were driving through Parkersburg, West Virginia. They saw an elongated object land nearby. A man stepped out smiling broadly with his hands tucked under his armpits. <laughs> the armpits. I just would not trust anyone that came up to me with their hands in their armpits. Absolutely not. And it was kind of <laughs> rainy. He didn't have a jacket on. He's like, hey. I'm not trusting any man coming up to me at night, any <laughs> no. at any time by himself. Yeah. Mm-mm. Never. Never. So he asked them, who are you? Where are you from? Where are you going? And what time is it? And then he walked back to the aircraft and it rose into the sky. Um, he told her local rep- local reporter named Mary Heyer, but a few days later, his son called her and told her not to print it. She called the guy back. He told her he didn't want to talk about it and that a scientist had come over and told him, you know, don't say anything. And he told him it would be better if he forgot all about it. And it sounds a lot like that other guy was injured cold. So that scientist, the, Mary was like, who's the scientist guy? There's like, I don't know. It was just like some random guy dressed all in black. He said he was from the university. I think they said he had like a beard or something where beards weren't really that popular back then in that area. A lot of guys were like very clean shaven. So um, Mothman was sighted in many places across West Virginia and the surrounding states. But the largest number of sightings happened near the old West Virginia Ordnance Works, an area known by locals as the TNT area. So one of the first stories of the Mothman takes place when two married couple who lived in Point Pleasant were hanging out in the desolate TNT area located on the Ohio River, which was actually a munitions factory in 1922. And after World War II, the plant was abandoned, leaving the whole land toxic. Um, so the couple's names are Stephen Mary Millette and Roger and Linda Scarberry. They were driving near the TNT area and Linda saw a man with large wings run across the street. Linda noticed two bright red circles. And they said it looked like it had two man-like legs and giant wings. It was about seven feet tall. It had wings that were visible on its back. The tips of the wings could be about 10 feet in width. They went straight to the sheriff after this. They were just like, uh-uh, gotta go. When they went to the sheriff's apartment, they de- reported the sightings. And the deputy saw how terrified these kids were. So he believed them, and he went back. He followed them back to the TNT area. When they got there, the creature was gone. 
police officer switched on his radio and a loud garbled screech came out. After the, this was reported in the newspaper, the reporter tagged it as the Mothman from Batman. Mm. I think I heard somewhere that it wasn't on the comic books. It was like on the movies or something. I read somewhere that it wasn't a direct pull from from Batman, but it was a sort of because Batman was so wildly popular at the time that yeah. whoever wrote that article and coined the the monster that everybody was claiming to see Mothman was probably because it was like, oh, well, everybody knows Batman and everybody's talking about this big, like weird winged thing. It's called Killer Moth is the villain. So he's like, that's cool. Mothman. <laughs> yeah. Same difference. Right. I mean, it's catchy. It's a good name. Oh, yeah. It is very catchy. I want to go see it. And it turned out some really cute illustrations. I've been looking at, like, Mothman <laughs> pictures. I'm like, that's cute. Like, now I want to make a Mothman shirt. That's cute. You should. I know. Aw. Okay. So Mary Heyer, the, the reporter from before, uh, she had a niece named Connie Carpenter. She was driving through the Riverside Golf Club, 10 miles away from TNT area, when she saw a huge gray figure over seven feet tall with glowing red eyes. Connie slows down and it keeps his eyes on her. So she's driving slowly and then it looks at her and makes like a beeline straight towards her. So thankfully she was able to like outrun it on her little car and uh, she got away from it. But she developed conjunctivitis after this encounter. Pink eye. <laughs> I think I so actinic conjunctivitis <laughs> is an inflammation of the eye contracting from prolonged exposure to ultraviolet rays symptoms are redness swelling of the eyes most often the condition is caused by prolonged exposure to clinic lights therapeutic lamps or acetylene torches other names for the condition include clinic conjunctivitis eyeburn arc flash or Walder's conjunctivitis thank you google I wonder if the fact that the site that that TNT site was so polluted if that yeah. was causing all the of those eye? the all of the weird yeah conjunctivitis Maybe. outbreaks because that's ugh, gross well the strange thing is though because i don't know if that would be true because this only happened within that year you know the 13 months mm. and people have been going to this tnt area since a long time to go make out and yeah. you know it was like their little cutesy spot for yeah. like couples Always or sexy time. drinking <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if they swam in the water, which hopefully not, because that shit oh, was God. real contaminated. <laughs> I'm surprised no one got pink eye on set of the film because Richard Gere talked as physically close as possible to every person <laughs> in that movie. That man was talking into everybody's mouth, like, and in in COVID times especially, that is hard to watch. <laughs> I literally was see. like pulling away yeah. because it was so uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> Richard, no boundaries, Gear, get out of here. I feel like that is probably how he is in real life. Oh, definitely. So John Keel and Mary Heyer were both very heavily involved in the Mothman investigation. Uh, they were pretty well-respected reporters, with John being popular in the cryptid and UFO field. John came to town after hearing accounts of everything going on in the area. On April 1967, John and Mary saw strange balls of light and an unidentified flying object. So Keel had the audacity to use a large bright flashlight to Morse code the word descend into the sky at this flying craft. And it then like zigzagged and dropped 
in like a falling leaf motion onto the whatever or down. I don't think it like stopped in front of him or maybe I just missed that part, but it just zigs on down. So Mary was pissed. She was not happy about that <laughs> at all. She was like, why would you do that? Why would you bring him towards us? So Mary wasn't happy. Oh, so also it just so happened after this whole thing, um, Keel actually got conjunctivitis too after this experience. I mean, yeah, you're hanging around a bunch of pink eye. You're going to get pink eye. Also, listen, that's a real small town. Mm-hmm. It could have just been a lot of swingers, a lot of faces and butts, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so are these two weren't the only witnesses that got pink eye <laughs> after seeing the strange thing in the area either. Also, I said before, residents of Point Pleasant would receive visits from black-suited men expressing interest in the Mothman and UFOs, and those who claimed to have witnessed it. Mary Heyer, who was helping to investigate the Mothman sightings, as, as we said earlier, alongside John Keel. And John Keel actually wrote the Mothman prophecies, uh, I think in the 70s, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty soon after. He was just like, I got to write this. I got to send it out. Um, claimed that these men in black asked her a bunch of questions on their her investigations. Uh, she claimed that they're really like unsettling in a way. They also reported getting strange phone calls. And not just them. Other witnesses in this whole thing would get strange phone calls too of people breathing, of people like like just saying weird things or like static or shrieking, just weird things. Then again, I mean, prank calls were really popular that back then too. And I mean, I'm sure Jack, you're going to say it too, but at this time there was a lot of pranks going on in general with the Mothman. So who knows? I would love to put on a black suit and... <laughs> show up at weird. somebody's house and just like totally convince them that they know some secret i would love to to do that to just walk up to a to a stranger and go whatever you thought you saw last night you didn't whatever <laughs> well, you thought you heard you didn't you can i'm just gonna just start doing do it. it i'm gonna do it for fun <laughs> i think i missed my calling is what i'm saying please don't get hurt <laughs> Somebody's going to beat your ass. That's true. That's it. Yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to do it. People are weird. (laughs) So I was reading John's book as well. And by reading, let me, let me be real. I did the audio book. I'm a reader, but this was a really long book. So I had to do the audio book on this one. Um, But I was listening to John Kill's book and um, he said that people would even go as far as a lot of the people that he that were reported to him as these men in black, they would realize that they were actually just fakers. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people in the UFO world that just want to fake people out. Yeah. A lot of people would actually tell them that the men would contact them and try to get info on John and Mary. So much so that John would actually get calls and be like, hey, I spoke with your secretary. And he'd be like, I didn't have I don't have a secretary. Or they'd be like, oh, hey, your friend came by the other day and he was asking where you were. And he's like, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't have friends. Well, he's like, I don't have friends. I don't have a secretary. I do my own thing. I have alienated every single person in my life with this Mothman shit. And I don't have any friends. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So the most frightening instance was one experience by um, the Mothman witness, Connie Carpenter, which is Mary Heyer's niece. On the morning of February 22nd, 1967, she was working walking to school when a black car holding one of these supposed men in black pulled up alongside of her. The man inside ordered her to get in. She refused, and he tried to actually force her, grabbed her by the arm, and tried to pull her in. Luckily, Connie managed to get away and get back to her house. A note was found slipped under her door the next day, and it simply said, Be careful, girl. I can get you yet. What the fuck? 
Attempted kidnapping? There's just some fucking predator out there in that town. Ugh. Who's very into Mothman. <laughs> you know, he's like, where is he? Um, during the days leading up to the tragedy at the Silver Bridge, the Mothman was sighted multiple times around it, and it was even supposedly photographed. Um, the bridge failure was due to a defect in a single link I-bar 330 on the north of the Ohio subsidiary chain. The first link below the top of the Ohio Tower, small crap was formed through fretting wear at the bearing and grew through internal corrosion, a problem known as stress corrosion cracking, meaning pretty much this was this was an unavoidable event. Something happened when they were making that bridge, and it was just a matter of time that this bridge was going to break mm-hmm. and was going to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. And all 31 vehicles went to the Ohio River that day, sending 64 people into the chilly waters. Of the 64 who went in, 46 died. And it's actually one of the deadliest bridge disasters in the United States. So some people say that the Mothman in the Harbin- is the harbinger of disaster. It's claimed to have been seen before some major tragedies, such as a mine in Freiburg, Germany, where a Mothman-like creature scared miners away shortly before the mine collapsed. Or the nuclear plant at Chernobyl, where a creature hunted, haunted the facilities before the nuclear meltdown. I feel like the movie made him... It, it like had like a very like X Files feel. The writer of it talked about how they kind of did that on purpose, and they kind of mixed like science fiction and demonology. And I think you see that kind of in like the scary voices and phone calls, and like the like being in Richard Gere's head. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. wouldn't want to be in there. All right, Jack. So, are you gonna tell us what Mothman is or what? <laughs> I'm waiting what the mothman is it's a fucking owl it's an owl that's a big fucking owl bro it is specifically a (laughs) barred owl b-a-r-r-e-d aka the northern barred owl the striped owl or informally the hoot owl you're a hoot i am a hoot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, these you know owls are nocturnal they have round heads that flow right onto their bodies. They don't have long necks. They have a very wide wingspan, and they have silent flight. They do a lot of gliding. They're not big flappers. And they have a very dramatic crimson eye shine, which is what nocturnal animals have. Uh, that's what makes their eyes glow in the dark is their eye shine. It's like their blood vessels around it. So the... There's so the so so many blood vessels around the eyes of barred owls that makes them glow red. And I have pictures. We'll put them on the on the Instagram. They are large. They're not giant, but humans eight feet, have eight feet. No, humans have a really hard time judging <laughs> size and distance in the dark. Our eyes are not built for that. We are not. We don't have night vision. So listen. <laughs> You there know, would be a lot of men that are happier if that were true. <laughs> you're going to know the difference between a motherfucking owl and a giant cryptid. You're not, because here's here's the thing. you, My dude, Joe Nickel from the Skeptical Inquirer, you know he had some volunteers. He put them in a car. He drove them down a road and put a bunch of big-ass cardboard cutouts of varying sizes 
of Mothman, you know, big Mothman plywood cutouts, and they put bike reflectors on them for their eyes. And not a single person who did this experiment got the size right. They were trying to guess, and they can't guess it because you can't guess the size accurately when it's dark out and you don't know the distance of something. Also, when we are afraid of something, our brains will fixate on the object of that fear. Yeah. So the thing that is taking up like the actual like like so something that looms large in your brain will actually feel or you will recall it as being larger than it actually was. That makes sense. So it's like if you get if you get attacked by a dog, it could have been a 30 pound dog, but when you remember it, you think it was this like 200 pound dog and it was huge, you know? Okay, I can see this happening if it was like 10 people you know 10 people seeing some random ass thing that's flying but over a hundred eyewitnesses claim to have seen this yeah there's there's a lot of owls okay but how long how tall is this owl (laughs) wait their body is like two feet yeah of this owl yeah their wingspan can get up to four feet i believe their wingspan but their actual body is only two feet i don't think a two-foot owl could look like let's even say six foot Wait now, what are but what are your feelings? What are your feelings about like the sciency stuff? So like, you know, like the possibility that are, there are animals that we have discovered or like alien stuff. Like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I don't think that aliens are coming down and actually probing butts, but you know, they might like be like, let's check this out. I'm sure they're like, no, thank you. <laughs> I think if over a hundred people had reported seeing an animal and we haven't figured out what that animal was yet, it's like, it, we're not, we don't live in the like deep, dark Amazon jungle. Like there's only like, the, it's not as though the United States is a place where we're still figuring out a lot of new animals. I think that probably the ocean is, that is true. But I feel like as far as like the landscape is concerned, we don't have any like really deep, dark jungles where there are isn't anything you're never getting in there and between 1966 and now we haven't figured it out and uh, over a hundred people have said they've seen this thing it's a fucking owl this was this was next to the (laughs) appalachian mountains the appalachian mountains are really big and there's a lot of it so i think that you know there could be a way for this to be some type of animal but i don't know if it's i don't know if it's nine feet tall i don't know if it's that's the other thing. If the, if it's that tall, yeah, that's true. Like that's, that's that just, none of that none of that adds up. Like Bigfoot none of it is adds magical. Up. Okay, <laughs> Bigfoot is magical. He's only seen when he wants to be seen. Bigfoot is magical, and Jen is very scared. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I saw him, I'd probably just die or poop. Either way, but <laughs> something's happening. I think also that like things things always get exaggerated right it's everything's always one big game of telephone so a a story starts people hear about it more people hear about it it evolves it changes and really the thing that gets me uh with like i'll i'll accept the possibility that there's an that this is some mystery animal i don't accept any sort of like that this animal is somehow linked to like precognition or like being able to like to prophecies (laughs) oh yeah i see what you're saying that I just like that doesn't that doesn't make any that sense. That could be coincidence. How yeah. about the fact that it had um the surrounding area was toxic? Do you think that has anything to do with any of these things? I think it has to do with something. I think it certainly could have to do with this massive pink eye outbreak. I think it could also <laughs> uh <laughs> but I also think that like 
while we do know that animals, human or otherwise, are affected by things like radiation or toxic chemicals, I don't think we're really getting to the point of like these like big crazy monsters. Like I don't that I don't I don't believe yeah. that. Honestly, at this point with Mothman, I'm open to any possibilities. But I feel like that's with everything. <laughs> I'm open to anything. <laughs> I'm like, it could be, it could be not. Was it, was it a man? <laughs> was it an owl? Maybe. Tell me more about this weird hitchhiker that you found. I know. <laughs> someone tried to kidnap I, you? Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. think it was really weird that so many people, so many people saw these things in the area and it was just in that little area or like the surrounding areas you know that was strange Mm -hmm. to me but like you were saying before i think it was a small town and i'm sure everybody wanted to be on in on the drama uh all right what are we giving this movie uh out of screams uh lisa you're our guest so you can go first i'm gonna say like a three because to be honest i couldn't really get into it very much but what i saw was good and honestly a conspiracy theory movie is always a good time yeah but it was a little hard to to get through completely so three all right three jenny i would also say three because it's bad but it's fun and if (laughs) you know pro tip if you stop halfway through and then come back it's (laughs) like it's like the length of the movie should be in my attention span so I give it a three. Also, I just want to note that if anyone wants to learn more about Mothman to listen to the Ghostbusters Mothman episode where Lisa talks in depth about Mothman. We have a lot more stories. I try to condense it as much as I could today because I didn't want to just ramble on. <laughs> Wait now, Jack. Tell me how much you hated it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give it a two, <laughs> 2.5 because oh. it's entirely too long. Laura Linney is great. Yeah, Laura Linney is fantastic, and she's yeah, she's the she's the heart and soul for sure. So I, I do like that. And who was who was the guy that he came to the door? That's a good actor too. Patton. Oh, that's uh, Will Patton. Yeah, I like him. He's a good actor. Yeah. I like all the acting was good. I thought, even though he was like two feet away. <laughs> Deborah Mizzing looks very scared. I think all the time, but this it was useful in this. <laughs> it was yes. She does sort of always have that surprised look. Yeah. She's yeah, it's like the big eyes. And so, Jen, do you think Mothman is real? Um, no, I feel like I I feel like I always have the same kind of uh agnostic feeling about cryptids and ghosts and that, you know, maybe. Yeah. But am I going to go to West Virginia and like fuck off in the woods? No. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. I, th- I think he's, I'm going to say yes, and I will go fuck off in Virginia. I know you will. You are white people in the movie. I just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm like, goodbye. <laughs> I got to go. Okay, Jack. I know. I know. No, but. Oh, abs- absolutely not. No, no. Not Wait, now I have a question. Yeah. Are there any that you think any that we've discussed or not that you think there might be something too. Any of like cryptids or, you know, the spooky stuff we talk about. No, not really. It's all in your head, Jen. (laughs) I'm not saying it's all in your head. I'm saying that I don't think it's real. I don't have enough empirical evidence for my taste to think that it's real. Do you ever get spooked? No, I mean, only in the, 
about about people. Like we've talked about this that that yeah. people like you've said before, people are scarier than ghosts, right? I yeah. yes, I, there have definitely been times that I've been scared or on guard, but it's because I think I'm gonna be like physically harmed by another person. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, I have something to tell you, Jack. Yeah. Uh, we had a a person DM us and say, listen, tell Jack that <laughs> that it is not in our heads because oh, this, this Tasha. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, no. Yeah. I never she said She's talking it about would. the voice, the voice, hearing your name oh. called. Oh, well, that that is quite literally in your head, though. That's happening inside of your brain. Your brain is Listen. is making you hear that sound. That's it. That is in your head. I'm not saying that that means it's fake. I'm saying it's in your head. Tasha, it's okay. We don't believe him either. On that, we one. believe you. <laughs> I know, but yeah, she was affronted. I was like, I'll tell him. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I thought I'd tell you that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Tasha. Appreciate appreciate it. Please please review and subscribe. She's great. Oh, she does. She does our hair. She also has a great, she does my hair. She does a, she has a great podcast with her boyfriend that is called the Creepy Couple Creep Show. Oh, that's And it is hilarious. Actually, Jack, you would probably like it. He, her boyfriend makes um, like fancy cocktails with whatever story they're doing. Oh, cool. That's fun. I'll check it out. It's cute. Awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really fun. And um, tune in next week. We're going to do Poltergeist, right, Jen? Yeah. Classic, classic, classic. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate you guys. Follow us on Ghostbuds. (laughs) Right. Follow us on all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Check out Ghostbuds. And um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at the devil made me review it or send us an email at the devil made me review it at gmail.com. Bye.